was just a just a sweet sense of the the presence of the Lord here this morning. Amen. That was just that was awesome. Uh, I love it too when uh, the worship lines up with the message. Uh, and some of you may think, well, that's because you picked out the, the worship, <laughs> and then you're doing the message too. And sometimes that's true, but uh, I, I picked that last song without, without even thinking about the lyrics. I mean, it was just, it was one of the ones that just got highlighted as I was playing some of the others and felt like it would fit in. And uh, that whole idea of Jesus calling is uh, is really kind of the the theme today so we're gonna we're gonna just kind of dive into that a little bit a little bit more here uh, so if you want to turn your Bible to Luke chapter 5 Luke chapter 5 and we're gonna we're gonna talk about when Jesus uh, first first called his disciples a little bit for just a minute Let's just let's just start with reading reading this section first. Luke chapter five and verse one. I love to hear the pages turning, so I'm glad you all got the the real Bibles here. It's okay to use your phone; you can still go to heaven. Um, but you just get a better seat if you use the real Bible. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. That's not true. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> Luke chapter 5, I use it too. So, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done, but, excuse me, verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. That's a lot of fish, Tommy. (laughs) To get your boat almost sinking, right? That's a good fishing day right there. And so when when Simon Peter saw this in verse 8, it says, He fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled, down, so they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything, including the fish they just caught. And followed him. Now we know from like other passages of scripture, um, 
that this wasn't necessarily the first time that these guys had met Jesus. Uh, if you read the book of Matthew and you read this encounter, all you get is in chapter 4 is it says, Jesus showed up their boats and said, come follow me. And it says they left everything and followed him. You're like, whoa, that was, that was incredible. Uh, but Luke gives us a little bit more of a story about, hey, there was, a, there was actually some encounters. And the book of John, we see that Andrew brings Simon Peter, his brother, to Jesus. And they come and hear him talk. They actually hear him teach. And so there's some interaction before. So there's, there's a building of this relationship. But all of it is coming to one point. And that one point is for Jesus to call to Peter and say, Simon, follow me. For him to call to Andrew and say, follow me. For him to call to James and John and to say, follow me. Sounds simple, right? (laughs) But how many of us have found that following Jesus can be challenging? To say the least, right? I mean, do you think, first of all, Simon and Andrew, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, they had no idea what they were getting into. Or maybe they had a little bit of an idea. I don't know. But they, they certainly did not have the whole picture. They didn't, they, I mean, think about this. The day Jesus calls Simon... He calls him to live a life that's sold out for him and then to give his life and to die for his faith. That's what it meant for Peter to follow Jesus. At at the end of Peter's life, according to history, it's not in the Bible, but according to history, Peter was was crucified just like Jesus, except he said, I don't want to be crucified like him. I want to be crucified upside down. And almost every single one of the original 12 disciples gave their lives for their faith. Because of their faith, they were killed. So when Jesus says, follow me, sometimes it's like, we don't even know, what, do you, what does that mean? Well, it means everything. It means now my whole life belongs over to you. You know, Peter, when, when he has this encounter with Jesus, Jesus says, hey, put out into deeper water and let down the nets for a catch. And Peter says, hey, we've been fishing all night and we haven't caught one fish. Well, that's a lot of fishing. When I fish, if I fish for about 30 minutes, I don't catch something, I'm done. Okay, I'm not a real fisherman like my dad. Or like Tommy, right? Like I'm, I'm, if I'm not hooking something up, uh, I mean, that's why once I grew up, when I was 18, I did not fish from the time I was 18 until I was like, I don't know, 37. Something wrong with me right there. <laughs> that's what happened. No. Uh, I mean, you find out if you love something if you do it by yourself. When you're growing up as a kid, you don't have a choice. It was, it was enjoyable. It was somewhat enjoyable, uh, except for that one trip I went on where I didn't catch any fish and everybody else caught fish when I was in seventh grade, but I'm not bitter about it. 
<laughs> I do remember that. I was upset, though. I do remember being upset about not catching the fish and then everybody else and, oh, poor me, I didn't catch fish. Um, we were out in the ocean and, oh, man, it was a, it was a, should have been a cool trip, but I caught nothing. So I can relate to Peter right here a little bit. He said, hey, we've been fishing a really long time and we've caught nothing. And Jesus says, hey, put your nets down for a catch. But Peter says, because it's you, I'm going to do it. See, this is a picture of the difference between doing things in our own strength and doing things under the leadership of Jesus. I can try really hard for a lot of things and try to get it done on my own. Whatever that is, whether that's getting freedom in a personal area of struggle in my life, whether that's trying to do something for my kids or a family member or a friend where I'm trying to just like, I'm just trying to make it happen. Whether that's like praying, praying in your own strength. You know what, praying, have you ever prayed and you're just like, this is just me. There's, there's, no, there's no power behind it. There's no, there's no something from heaven behind it. And so this is a picture of what happens is it doesn't matter how long or how hard we do it, it's never going to accomplish something that's going to bring the miracle. It's never going to bring the fruit. It's never going to bring the blessing because it's my own strength. It's a picture of religion. The bad side of religion, like legalistic religion, where I just, I just follow the rules and do the right thing, and then I get a result. Because I mean, that's, that's really what it is. That's what religion is. I do this, and then I get this. If I confess this certain thing or say a certain phrase a few times, then now God has done something for me because I did the thing, because I went through the ritual. Now, we're, we're spirit-filled people here, right? So we don't have any rituals, right? <laughs> we're not like those traditional people who are stuck in religion and stuff. But we do. We have them, right? We have them too. Ours just look a little more maybe exciting. You know, God, I, I really worshipped you and, and entered into worship today and, and nothing happened. God, I've been doing this for a long time and, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm doing what the other guy did or the other lady, well, they were giving their testimony. I'm doing exactly what they did. But I'm not seeing the, the results they got. Sometimes that's when the call of Jesus comes. Jesus calls and says, hey, are you still going to follow me? You know, Peter has the, almost the exact same encounter with Jesus at the end of his life. So if you want to turn to John 21, not the end of his life, at the end of Jesus' time on earth, excuse me. This is after Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. So if you're not familiar with the story of Peter, I'm not going to assume that you know the whole story, but... Peter follows Jesus, and Jesus is then arrested, and he is crucified. And during that arrest and that whole process, uh, Peter actually denies that he knows Jesus three times. He has three people come up to him and say, hey, you're with Jesus, right? He says, no, 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 I'm not one of those guys. Just look like him. Doppelganger, that's all it is, okay? Um, so that's not me. And he, didn't, he actually, you know, a little girl comes up to him, a servant girl, says, I think you are with Jesus. I, I, you sound just, just like those people that were with him. And it says he began to swear. 
He began to, to curse and say, I don't bleep and know him. To put it in our terminology here. Then the rooster crows. And Jesus had already told Peter, you're going to deny me three times tonight before the rooster crows. Man, if there is no worse, that's got to be no worse feeling than that rooster crowing for, for Peter, right? I mean, we've all been there. We've all sinned. We've all done that thing. We've all been there and been, God, I'm never going to do that again. And I will never sin like that again. And then, boom, and you're like, it's like you hear a rooster. And so that's, that's where Peter is. So Jesus doesn't stay dead. Three days after he is crucified, he's resurrected, and he starts appearing to his disciples. And so he shows up with the disciples while they're fishing again. Because it says, Peter says, let's just go fishing again. <laughs> we don't know for sure, but it, it looks like that Peter... Remember when he followed Jesus the first time? It says he left everything and followed Jesus, right? He left the nets. He left the boat. He left the fish in the boat. He left everything. And so that's not his life anymore. But it says, Peter says, I'm just going to, I guess I'm just going to go back to fishing. And shockingly enough, they catch nothing all night. It's the same scenario. <laughs> and then Jesus calls to them from the shore. He's not in the boat this time. He's from the shore and says, throw your net on the other side. And this is one of my favorite stories just because it hap- it's like the, the thing happens again and you don't even know, do the disciples figure it out? How long did it take them to figure it out? How long would it have taken you to figure it out? And so they throw the net on the other side, and then it says, boom, they have, this time it counts them, 153 large fish. (laughs) And it says at that moment, they say, it's Jesus. (laughs) That's him. And they jump out of the boat, or some of them jump out of the boat and just run into the shore through the water. Um, And then Jesus greets them and says, hey, come have breakfast. And so in verse 15, this is where we pick it up. And it says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he says, you know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know, know, we all know, well, maybe we don't all know, but if you don't know, Jesus does this three times. You know, he gives him three opportunities to affirm his, his love and commitment to Jesus to kind of be a part of his restoration from the three times he denied Jesus. And so Jesus said, feed my sheep. 
Then he says, 18, Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. So Peter turned and said, and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, that's, how, that's his name that he gave himself, um, who was following them. This was the one who leaned back against Jesus at the Last Supper and said, Lord, who's going to betray you? So when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? <laughs> you got to love Peter, right? That's great. Thank you very much. Uh, I've been wondering about John. <laughs> Sometimes we're always worried about what's going on with somebody else, right? Um, Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. You must follow me. It doesn't matter what I'm doing with the other person. You must follow me. You can't worry about John, whether that's the pastor or the beloved. You have to follow. Jesus is calling to you to say, are you going to keep following me? Even though... You're caught in shame. Are you going to keep following me? Though you failed me, are you going to keep following me? Those, you're disappointed with what, what has happened in life. Are you going to keep following me? I believe Jesus calls out to us over and over because that's what it means to be a disciple, to keep following Jesus. You know, John 8 and 12 says this, you don't have to turn there, it's on the screen for you. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What a great promise. What a great promise. When you are following Jesus, you, you're never going to be in, in darkness, doesn't mean darkness isn't going to be around you. Doesn't mean the world's not full of darkness. Doesn't mean the situation you're in might not feel dark. But you don't have to live in darkness in the midst of the darkness because He is the light. And if you're following Him, guess what? There's light. And so in the middle of the darkness, when we don't know where to go, my, what I need to do most is in that moment, I need to follow Jesus. I say, Jesus, what are you doing? What are you saying? Where are you leading me? I must follow you, though it's hard, though none go with me. If my family stops, if my spouse stops, if my kids stop, if something else happens, am I going to follow? He's still calling out to say, hey, follow me. When it gets risky, follow me. If your country gets turned upside down, follow me. John 12 says this, Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. 
But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus was predicting his, his death here. Uh, verse 25, anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. You know, it's a great reminder that this is not all there is. If I lose everything here, but I gain everything for eternal life, I'm I'm winner. <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> Hashtag winning life. (laughs) Jesus says, whoever serves me must follow me, but also where I am, my servant also will be. And so wherever Jesus is, and where is Jesus right now? Well, what's that? (laughs) He's at the right hand of God. Exactly. And so Jesus, of course, when he ascended to heaven, he sent whom? The Holy Spirit sent from heaven. So that wherever I am, my servant will also, will also be. And so it's the life of the Spirit. It's the life of the Spirit, of following God's Spirit That's how we follow Jesus now, is you follow the Spirit of God. What is He saying to you? Remember, He's not a force. He's not a feeling. He doesn't just make you feel good. He does make you feel good, but that's not His. He's a person. He's personal. He has desire. He has a will. He's he's following the perfect plan of God in His unison with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he He is at work. And he's inviting us to follow him. So kind of the question is, what is is he telling you to follow him into right now? If you're like, I don't know. He's going somewhere. He's doing something right now. He says, wherever my servant is, wherever I am, my servant will also be. So what's he saying to you? What's he telling you to follow him into? What's he telling you to trust him in? What, it may just be like, I just need to make it through tomorrow. Okay, follow Jesus until tomorrow. Follow him today. You know, earlier in this passage in John, uh, excuse me, earlier in the book of John, uh, there was a time where Jesus had a bunch of followers you know, they, he was having a huge crowd. They were, they were getting a lot of people that were hanging out with Jesus. And uh, he, he fed the 5,000. You know, he had the multiplication of the, the five loaves and the two fish. And they fed, you know, 5,000 men, it says. 
And then Jesus started talking to him and talking about who he was and what he had come to do. And he's the bread of life. And unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, he was saying some hard, some challenging things to him. Basically, he was he was giving them hard teaching. In other words, it wasn't just like, oh, I love you. And it's going to be amazing if you follow me. He's like, no, this is what's going to happen. Um, And it says at the end of John six, verse sixty six, from this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. I mean, it's a heartbreaking verse right here. It doesn't say the crowds. It says disciples. This is not just somebody that was hanging around for the miracle that was here for a good show. It's like, hey, I like free lunch. You know, this is somebody who is already following Jesus and saying, hey, this I'm committed to following you. And it says, because of this, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And then Jesus says, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. There, were, there will always be moments in our life that will be pressing on us to stop following Jesus. It might be trials. It might be heartbreak. It might be betrayal. It might be disappointment. It might be sin or shame in your own life. It might be whatever it might be. It might be just opposition. It might be persecution. Whatever it is, there's going to be something, sometime in your life where you're going to be just like the disciples in this and there's going to be other people that are going to walk away from the faith. They're going to walk away because it's too hard. They're going to walk away because they don't want to live in the truth. They don't want, to, they don't want the whole Bible I mean, we're in that moment in our country right now where we're, we're going to have to make a stand. Well, there's a whole group in the church that are, are not, they're trying to just have it both ways. We don't want to offend anybody. I mean, I understand there's a whole group of the church that just loves the offense part too. We don't want to go there. <laughs> we're not here just to yell and scream and shout judgment and shout truth and no, we're going, to be, we're going to be love. We're going to speak the truth in love. But we're still going to speak the truth. But we're going to do it in love. <laughs> Not just the truth. It's got to have love. <laughs> but there's, there's, there's a time when it's going, to, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you to follow Jesus. And Jesus is going to just come to you with that same question. By the Spirit of God, He's going to say, hey, don't worry about them. Follow me. Or He might ask this question, hey, do you want to leave too? (laughs) Can you imagine if God spoke that to you? Do you want to go too? (laughs) I believe God speaks to us. However, we we need to hear it best. Peter needed it directly. Okay, Some of us need it directly. Uh, If you don't need it directly, God probably doesn't speak to you directly. Praise God, right? Um, He's going to speak to you where you can respond. But there's sometimes where you say, hey, are you going to stay? 
Are you going to keep following me? Is it, do you have a contingency plan? Is there a backup plan? If this doesn't work out, it's like, well, I, I can always fall back on this. I mean, that's how you know if you're following Jesus. Do you have a, do you have a backup plan? If the backup plan doesn't include him, guess what? It's going to be like fishing all night and you're not going to catch anything because it's going to be done in the flesh. It's going to be in, in your own strength. But what happens when you walk in the Spirit is, again, they didn't catch miraculous catches of fish all the time. But when you're following Jesus, you'll get to those moments where, boom, there's a harvest. Boom, there's, there's a breakthrough. Boom, there's, there's, there's a victory. But even in the middle of victory, the same thing is happening. Jesus is calling and saying, are you going to keep following me? Or are you going to follow that victory? You're going to set up camp at the victory. I mean, there's whole churches that have been established on one thing happening and they stop there, right? It's like, this is is the thing right here. And Jesus is saying, no, you're supposed to, you get to keep following me. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing something different. I'm, I am, I'm continuing to, to work until the end. He's faithful to the end. Thank you, Lord. So this is just a reminder today. This is nothing that, if you've been in church, you've heard this before. This is not new. But it is true. And it is a question that we have to keep answering over and over again. You know, there's a, when we do VBS, we do, always do a, uh, you know, we, we have one night where we do a salvation call. And, uh, you know, you try to be really specific. You can do this with adults and kids. We know you all aren't listening to everything we say up front here. <laughs> or you forget. I mean, what? I mean, I mean, some of you are like, what? What? Wait, what? <laughs> you try to be as specific as possible and you say, okay, kids, if you've never done this before, if you've never given your heart before, if, you know, th- if this is the first time, if you have not done this before, you haven't done this, right? This is the first time. You're trying to be super clear. Come on up, those who want to give their hearts to Jesus. And sure enough, there's some of the same kids that go up every single time. And I think one of our children, who will remain remain nameless, not my own kids, uh, their explanation for this is so good. Because this child says, oh yeah, I know. But every time there's a call, I just want to say yes. Every time that's out, I just want to say yes. I'm, I'm still in. I, I'm still following Jesus. And I'm like, wow. I'm worried about, dude, you prayed last year, man. Come on, just can't you pay attention to like, first time. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
Now you're listening, right? No. First time, can't you just listen? I mean, golly. And then Jesus has to come and say, aren't you listening? (laughs) That child is listening. They're listening to Jesus, and he's calling them. Maybe we're talking all kinds of stuff up here, but Jesus is calling. And they're like, I don't care what you're saying. And it may line up, but when he's saying something, I'm following him. So I believe that God is continually saying, I'm like, man, that's the heart. God, give me that heart to to follow you like that. So whenever there's a thing, I'm like, yes, yes, I'm in. It's not about getting saved again. It's not like I, I lost my salvation. It's, no, it's like, yeah, I'm, 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 still, I'm still following you. I don't, I don't want to leave. Where else can I go, Lord? Where else am I going to go? You alone have the words of life. I'm not, go, I'm not going anywhere. But it's sure been hard, but I'm going to keep following you. I'm going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep, keep going after you. I'm going to keep serving you. I'm going to keep loving you. And I'm going to do it the rest of my life. Doesn't say in the Bible that unless you have the faith of a child, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven, right? I mean, to me, that's just that perfect example. <laughs> that's the faith of a child. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I still have a yes in my heart. I'm still saying yes to Jesus. Let's stand, Father. We just we just thank you for that reminder. And Lord, I just Lord, if there's any of us here, or whether it's the first time. Or the thousandth time, God, we want to have a heart that says yes to you. We want a heart that says, I want to follow you, Jesus. When you say follow me, I'm I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk through. I'm going to go. I'm I'm going to continue. I'm not going to give up even when I feel like it. And Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to, my heart is turned towards you. There's a yes. There's a yes in my heart already. And so I thank you for endurance. I thank you for strength. I thank you for power. Lord, and I thank you for discernment, God, that we would have discernment to know when you're speaking and when we're just trying to do the thing on our own. Lord, for any of us who've been working so hard, we've been fishing all night and nothing's happening. Maybe maybe we're not following you. Maybe that's just us. Maybe we're on our, we're on our own thing and we need to wait till you speak and you say, okay, now's the time. Now you do this. And we'll follow you. And that's when the, that's when the breakthrough happens, God. So we, we, just, we just choose to surrender to you. Whether we're seeing the miracle or not seeing the miracle, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether we're feeling good or whether we're feeling bad, Jesus, we say, I will follow you. Jesus, I will follow you. I will trust you. I will love you, Lord. I do love you. Thank you, God, for just reminding us today and leading us into our future with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need prayer or if you've never given your heart, if you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you've never, never said yes once, please don't leave without doing that. If God's moving on your heart, come on up here. We're going to have a few people up front here to just pray with you or talk with you. Uh, whatever you need, um, but the rest of us, if y'all, if y'all don't need prayer, then you are blessed to go um, and have a great week.
And anyone who still needs the family promise stuff, come talk to Guy, uh, and he'll be out here or by the board or something. So, bless you.